Buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and believe in the power of dreams to make anything come true that you could ever want. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. I'm Sam. I'm Drew. We're talking about Terra's story this week. Oh boy. <laughs> it just fills my heart with light to finally get my time in the spotlight. I love to spend time with my friends and try to become a Keyblade Master. <laughs> I, I bet nothing bad will happen to me. The darkness. Where did it come from? Okay. I mean, look, that what, you know, I've made fun of a lot of uh, Terra voice acting so far. Mm hmm. I think one of the worst of all time has to be. What does he say? He says to Aqua, like, Cinderella taught me how powerful it can be just to believe. I think that's the line, yeah. <laughs> God, it's so good. I. You know, I think I think we sort of had a an arc with Ventus's story mm-hmm. where it started out and it was like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good, and then at the end it was like, ah, it's pretty good. Maybe that's just how this game works, and maybe that's also how uh, Jason Doring's voice acting works. Well, he's learning on the job. He never done it before. <laughs> that's right. He never done it before. His dad just got him on the set, and then you know he figured <laughs> it out as he went along. And of course, they record things in chronological order throughout a game. I mean, it would be confusing if they didn't, right? The darkness. Where did it come from? That w- that's well. <laughs> that's an alternative. How, how, on on that subject, do you have much to say about stuff that we already talked? I don't know if you even rewatched the stuff we've seen before. The main things I have to say about that is it's weird that when you start the terror version, you start with Ventus. It's still. Yeah, I think I think that might have been a, a choice of the the person who posted the videos because I think if you actually like create a new game i think it just takes you straight to the character select screen i might be wrong though i don't know okay uh um i think that's it though i did still after having watched ventus's part it's even funnier when xehanort says he needs to keep up appearances to vanitas (laughs) at the beginning (laughs) that that was basically the only note that i had which was knowing what we know now it's so much more ridiculous than it already was that ericus is just like darkness Hmm. Well, whatever. I I really feel like Ericus had to know that that I mean maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like he might have had his own stuff going on and he kind of wanted especially because he then sends Aqua and and Terra after Xehanort, it makes me feel like he kind of wanted to bring Xehanort in so he could keep tabs on him. Yeah, maybe. He does say, I think we get a little line from him at some point here where he's like yeah, Xehanort disappeared, and I can't get in contact with him. It's probably nothing, but can you please go find him? Please go find him, because he's so evil. My god. It's also possible that in the same way that Jason's voice acting was sort of waking up at the start of the game and kind of gets better over time, maybe the writing also was... Maybe the characters were all asleep. They're getting born by sleeping, they and c- they become less stupid over the course of the game. They could have been birthed by sleep. That's true that's what the title means we found it already mm-hmm. uh i don't i don't remember if this is in the video that we watched or if i just remember this from my own information but tara's first shot lock is like a darkness elemental shot lock <laughs> mm-hmm. uh so no wonder ericus was mad when he <laughs> fought the balls he's just been doing this the whole time and being like <laughs> yeah. what's the problem 
I just want to be powerful. It's good. It's just fire, but purple. Yeah. Why is that so evil? It's not my fault. I'm like a little goth. <laughs> oh, God. There's got to be some great Terra goth edits out there. Hell yeah. But if you tried, you would probably just find Teen Titans ones. Hmm. I don't know Teen Titans. Oh. There's a character named Terra. She's she's like a rock power girl, but she also is like evil, but she's not. Huh. I guess that's just what she's happens. She's Beast Boy's girlfriend or something. Okay. It's been a long time. <laughs> anyway. Fair enough. Yeah, the first thing of, of note that I have really is once we get caught up to stuff we already knew, which is uh, Terra says he wants to be alone. And he goes outside and he sits on the steps and he says, What does it matter if there's darkness in me since I'm strong enough to hold it back anyway? And then Xehanort shows up and says, Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Say, Master Xehanort, you really get me. Yeah, Master Xehanort just shows up and is a big Sith Lord. Um, darkness is nothing to fear. Yeah, he says, like, Ericus is holding you back. He'll never let you be a master. Doesn't it just frustrate you? It frustrates me so much. Don't you want to be my pupil instead? Ericus refutes the power. <laughs> the power. <laughs> Darkness cannot be destroyed, only channeled. Yeah, and then, I, to be fair to Terra, he, like, the, the like, bell rings or whatever. The Is there a clock tap? There's bells. I don't know. I don't know if we ever see where the There's, bells are. I think are. there is a clock, like, outside of their bedroom. <laughs> So. They love clock towers in this game, but the bell starts ringing and Terra runs back inside. But the moment he turns his back, Xehanort uh, uh, just walks away through a corridor of darkness. <laughs> it's like the biggest one we've ever seen. He, like, made it extra big and evil <laughs> for us. I have to keep up appearances. <laughs> um, I do have a note about Terra being a little nerd, because Xehanort does an evil monologue at him, and then he goes, Yes, thank you, Master. <laughs> he also says, like, what have I failed to learn? I have to learn more, or something like that. Mm -hmm. He's a little teacher's pet, but he just can't get it right. No. He, um, he gets it really wrong in this section. He really does, and I, I can't wait to talk about it. But first, I have a theory. Not a crackpot corner, just a, a media analysis. You know how they say that, uh, like, scammers will try to, like, pre-filter out anyone who has any sort of judgment by being incredibly obvious. Right, yes. Like, they, they put typos in the email because anyone who would, like, raise a flag at that, they don't they don't want to waste their time on you. They want the people who see it and are just like, oh, no, my password. That's why they're like, hi, Janine, do you... <laughs> yeah, and you're like, huh, well, not, my name's not Janine, but I guess I must have ordered a shipping crate. <laughs> Right. I mean, I don't want to not get it in the mail. I better, I better get in contact. Do you think that that's what Xehanort's doing? He's like, he's like, I have bad news about your inner light. And Terra's like, Oh no, my inner light. Tell me more, Master. Just first, you gotta tell me your birthday and <laughs> and where you went to elementary school. If you do not meet me in the Keyblade graveyard, your Keyblade will be forfeit in thirty days. Um, yeah, that's, I, I think you're correct, actually. That is what is happening. Uh, Terra goes back inside, and, uh, Aqua is, she's, like, in the middle of talking to Ericus. Presumably we'll learn more about this when we get to Aqua. Uh, he's talking to some kind of crystal on the wall, which is basically the telephone to Yen Sid. 
Yeah, I, my note was, did he get Yensid on the horn? And he did. Yes, but the horn is a big jewel. <laughs> it's a big jewel. He does talk about how, like, oh, Yensid lost his job, but... He's retired. He's retired. Wait, well, he was asked to retire, but he, he, is, he is still... <laughs> yeah, for destroying Atlantica. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but he still lets us know what's going on. You know, he's still kind of hooked in, so... Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's like, uh, it's like he's a former police officer who just like has a notebook and is like always taking diligent notes on what his neighbors are up to. Well, he's like the head of the police commission now, basically. <laughs> yeah. 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 That, that is basically what Erica says. It's like Yensid, he doesn't wield a keyblade anymore, but he always keeps an eye on the forces of darkness and such. And, uh, he believes that the princesses of heart are in danger. Uh, and he tells them about the unversed. Uh, at, like I said, when we started with Ventus, the player is assumed to have learned what they are from this cutscene, which is why Ventus is never informed what they are. You doesn't um doesn't we Yen Sid kind of tells Mickey about them, right? And we see that either way. Uh, I think he says something pretty vague. Oh yeah, I completely skipped over that cutscene. Uh, yeah, I think he just says like, "There's a new enemy type." That's fair, yeah, you're right. We didn't get to learn that they are fledgling emotions that have taken monster form. Until Yeah, now. we don't learn that until Vanitas says it at the very end to Ventus. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he says, as Keyblade Masters, or wielders, it's your job to, to keep the balance of light and darkness, so go fight these things. I keep trying to call Xehanort, but he won't pick up, which is probably nothing. So go find him also. Uh, we do get a little bit of uh, lanes between explanation that Ventus didn't get, which is probably why he got so small. Uh, he says, uh, I've, these are forbidden passageways between worlds. Your armor will keep you safe from the darkness. Uh, also, don't tell anyone about other worlds. Yeah, it, it is really interesting still, this whole like weird isolationist theory of the world that the quote-unquote good guys are trying to like enforce. Yeah, it's about the order. I think I've said this before. We will get the first and, in my opinion, only uh, interesting plot point about that in fucking Kingdom Hearts Dark Road. <laughs> but okay. until then, it's kind of just nothing. I don't really know why it's so important. And I guess the characters don't either because they don't really make much of an effort. Right. No, it, it is just funny because it feels like Kingdom Hearts is, is a bit about finding a middle path because you've got the order people that want to lock everything down and keep people from talking to each other and then you've got the xehanorts that just want to destroy it all and like build something new and it seems like the heroes of the story are about like well let's like you know let's like open our borders and be friends but we don't need to blow everything up (laughs) i mean yeah fair enough i guess we'll i mean i have no idea where that storyline is going in the series as a whole yeah well, it's Hopefully the, somewhere interesting eventually. It's Riku's, like, path to dawn or whatever he said. <laughs> I mean, I think you alluded to this before, is that once, when all's said and done and we get to the end of Kingdom Hearts once and for all, all the borders are going to be broken down and all the franchises are going to swirl together in Disneyland. Right, yeah. It'll just actually be Disneyland this time instead of, uh, I don't know. Whatever that town was where Pete was being cool. I <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, Timeless River. Timeless River, yeah. Yeah. Um, or it's all just going to pivot directly into Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> I don't know. 
Oh, God. Yeah, you finish the game, and then it just tells you it's installing Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> Congrats on beating the game. Here's your watering can. <laughs> well, I played I played a little Dreamlight Valley. It's fine. It's all right. You beat Kingdom Hearts 4, and you get a 10% off the, the in-game store in Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> You get you get a digital download code for the Woody DLC. <laughs> but only if you complete all of his side quests. It's depressing because they would do that. Sounds pretty good to me. Okay. No. Uh, Ericus tells Terra that this is an opportunity to change his mind. He also points out, or he doesn't point out, <laughs> he also adds that Terra is like a son to him, which... Uh, I like that he follows that up with, believe me, if it was up to me, I'd make you a Keyblade Master in a heartbeat. Listen, buddy, I just gotta follow the rules here. Who is it up to if not you? It's a good question. I don't I don't think it's intended to come across this way, but it feels a little bit manipulative. Well, it feels like he's like middle management, and he's like, oh, sorry, you know, the corporate's just breathing down my neck. We're all family here, Tara. Right. Yeah, we're all, we're all family here, but you know, you're just going to have to stay late this weekend and find Xehanort for me. <laughs> right, like, who who is the person that Ericus is reporting to? He, like, talks to Yen Sid, and he's like, I made Terra a master. You did what? I think it's just, like, I'm the rules. Yeah, I guess so. That that makes sense for his character. Yeah. He, he cares uh, but he, about he tells Terra that he's he's too obsessed with power, and power leads to whatever they say in Star Wars. So yeah. Terra says, "Okay, I won't do that." Then he just does the Star Wars thing. Yep, uh, um, it's it's fear leads to obsession with power, and obsession beckons the darkness. Yeah, um, this is why Disney bought the rights to Star Wars so that they wouldn't get sued for Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. <laughs> you know, in some ways, I think it's like. I actually kind of think it's a better explanation of fear leading to anger, anger leading to hate, and hate leads to suffering, or whatever Yoda says. Sure. That, you know, you're scared, so you want to get stronger, and that makes you obsessed with getting stronger, and that makes you dark. Which is what happens to Anakin in the prequel movies, Mm -hmm. literally. Um, But it's not as pithy as what Yoda said, so. (laughs) No. And he's not saying it backwards. True, and he's not a cool little green guy that we all love. <laughs> he's he's not flipping around. Yeah. Ericus demand doesn't really have the same ring to it. Yeah, I wouldn't be excited if Ericus came out and had his little lightsaber and threw down his cane and started fighting Palpatine in the in that room. Oh no. Dooku. I would be it was Dooku actually. There later he fights Palpatine. Anyway. Then uh we go this is this is where we saw Ventus yeah. uh catch up with Terra. He's trying to catch Terra before he leaves, but Terra says, Don't worry about it, Ventus, everything is fine. He flies away. Another point of this clearly being uh <laughs> intended to be the first <laughs> one that the player experiences is that the game makes a huge show when Terra arrives in his first world, the Enchanted Dominion with Sleeping Beauty, there's like his portal opens up and the ground shakes and there's like lightning and he dramatically walks out in his armor. Meanwhile, Ventus's first time that he arrives in a world, he just like casually walks on screen in the Drought Woodlands. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Very cool for one, for one time, never again. <laughs> The other thing that gives you a clue that this is the one you're intended to play first is some unversed show up and start attacking uh, Terra, and he goes, these are the unversed. 
These are sort of like the heartless equivalent of this game. Better hit these guys. It's always funny when you finish one uh, character and go back to the beginning of another because, like, Ventus has been fighting, like, giant monsters, and now Terra is having to do, like, multiple combos <laughs> to defeat one tiny little guy. He sure smokes those little guys, though. He really does. Uh, and then he, like, chases after one of them. And he finds himself on the bridge that leads to the castle, and here's Maleficent, and here's where it all starts to go wrong for Terra. Yeah, Terra's um, a big dummy. Mm-hmm. Because he really tolerates Maleficent for way longer than he should have. Well, he's trying to keep the order of the world. Maybe she's nice here. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess you, standards. you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but in this case, when they are just being evil all the time... When they call themselves the mistress of all evil... Yeah. My I think first clue. Yeah, your scammer theory is pretty correct here. The God, that is basically what Maleficent is doing, huh? Mm-hmm. Uh it's also possible that Terra's just really stupid. This is a well established uh I'm not I'm not gonna call it a criticism, but people say this about Birth by Sleep all the time. It's like you know, Terra's story is about him like getting manipulated and going down a dark path, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And it is largely because every time he arrives in a world, the first person he meets is the most evil person in the world. <laughs> yeah, and he he, do, he never interrogates that or tries to talk to anybody else. So that's kind of on him. Yeah, I mean, he tries with Snow White. It just doesn't work. <laughs> but yeah, he just walks up to Maleficent and he's like, oh, are you normal here? And she says, ah, <laughs> yes. Uh, and she, oh, she asks why he's not asleep. This is where... I guess, I guess having now seen Sleepy Beauty for the first time since I was a child, <laughs> uh, I, I guess I should have been able to figure this out, but it literally never occurred to me that, yeah, after Aurora is put into her sleep, uh, the fairies put the whole kingdom to sleep, which I actually thought was kind of cool in this game because it almost sort of accounts for the weird, empty environments <laughs> Yeah, I wish they'd been like, oh, and their spell was so big, it put everybody to sleep on every world, actually, and that's why no one's around. <laughs> God, the scene in, in Cinderella's world with where is everyone or whatever is so funny. So It's so good. But yeah, it does kind of give this this particular world kind of an ominous atmosphere, which I thought was cool, even if it was definitely not what they were going for. Right. Well, and they're mostly in the castle, and that yeah. that's the place where it most makes sense for things to be eerie and yeah. strange. You know what I liked here? Yeah. Is when uh, she introduces herself and says, I'm Maleficent, I'm super evil. Uh, and he says, do you know anything about the Unversed? And she says, like... How? What should I care for those base creatures? And he like kind of smirks and mumbles to himself, "They are base, that's for sure." <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, it's why would I give a thought to creatures so base? <laughs> they are base. They are base. She's she's right on that one. And now now she's got her hooks in his heart. He's like, this lady's right. This lady's cool. She's been right about one thing. Hey, have you ever heard of another really cool guy named Xehanort? <laughs> uh, she says no. She's probably lying. I think we find out later that she is lying. Yeah, she's straight up lying. She she definitely knows who Xehanort is later. Uh, but she says she did see an outsider leaving the castle. Why don't you go to the castle to find out for yourself? Tara is not smart. 
We're no. going to keep saying that. Yeah. Hey, have you seen Xehanort? And she says, well, I did see someone walking away from the castle. You should go to the castle. And he's like, yeah, that makes sense. I should go in the opposite direction of the guy I'm following. Thank you. <laughs> I guess it's like maybe there's clues to where he went in the castle, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, and as he starts to walk away, she adds, you know, he said something interesting about imprisoning the light. Hmm. Oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> that's, that's, that sounds like an activity for me. That's the cool stuff that Zanehart says that I don't really understand it, but he seems like he knows what <laughs> he's, he's talking about. He's always saying cool, cool, mysterious stuff like that. I love him. He just seems like he knows what he's talking about. So uh, Tara goes and ultimately he finds Aurora's room in the castle. He looks at her sleeping and says, this feels so familiar. It did not which... lo- I did not love Tara standing over a sleeping woman and talking about how familiar this feels. Yeah, well, we will find out. It's because he's thinking about when Ventus was a sleeping beauty. <laughs> no, I realized that later and I, I felt bad, but it's still, still <laughs> weird. I mean, that's basically what Ventus did, though. He was staring at her, and the fairies were like, what are you doing? He's like, sorry, I've just never seen someone so beautiful before. Oh, that makes it okay. And the fairies were like, look in the mirror, king. Yeah. Damn. So, Maleficent then just, like, pops up behind Tara and says, you know, I have been looking for a pure heart of light without a trace of darkness, and this is exactly what I'm in the mood for. So, how about you use your keyblade... To help me retrieve all seven hearts of light, and then I'll have the power to rule all the worlds. Terra's response to this is basically just, where did you hear about the Keyblade? Yeah, he, he ignored a lot of stuff there. <laughs> uh, she just ignores him, and it's like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, she basically says, I'm going to use the darkness in your heart like a marionette, and I'm going to make you hold up your Keyblade and pull out Aurora's heart. Well, she says she has power over sleep as an evil fairy. Yeah. It's like she she, puts him in a trance. Yeah. And she, uh, manipulates him into extracting Aurora's heart. This, uh, you know, I'm trying to to figure out what birth by sleep is. And this is where my notes say is, is this birth by sleep? That, uh, heart was birthed out of her body while she was asleep. Uh, no, is it's a Terra turning evil by being put to sleep and having his dark, his darkness (laughs) boosted. Maybe I don't. I don't know. It's probably maybe not it bad. has. Maybe it has layers. I'm just keeping an eye on sleep. Uh huh. <laughs> uh. So he, while he's being entranced, he kind of flashes back to Ericus, telling him like, "What does he say? Like, push the darkness in your heart down. Give it no quarter." Uh. But he does give it a lot of quarters. Um. And he does take out Aurora's heart, and Maleficent says, great, thank you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, God, how could I do this? And it's like, well, you kind of didn't, but you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have put yourself in the situation, but you didn't really do it. Maleficent did it. Yeah, to be fair to Terra, I mean, I guess the idea is that because he has darkness in his heart and a keyblade, she was able to make this happen. But I don't know. It's kind of hard to blame him for that, especially when we know that, like, we should, like... Riku is good. Right. Yeah. I think it's Maleficent's fault. I, I'm going to say that. It's way more her fault than it is his fault. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but she she then says, by the way, I don't know where Xehanort went. Hey, do you want to get the other six hearts for me? And he says, no. 
And yeah. then, oh, the castle, like, shakes as an unversed boss appears. And she just, like, takes a parting shot at him where she's like, some peacekeeper. <laughs> yeah. She she really fucked this kid up. Um, weird. So, hey, here's a thing I was thinking about. Male- uh-huh. Maleficent is looking for pure hearts of pure light. But she didn't seem to know, notice that Ventus has a heart of pure light that she could have used. Because mm. he has, like, the purest heart of all, or he should, because it's, art- it's artificially that way. She did meet Ventus. That, yeah. No, she hmm. did. Yeah, she did. Because she, she fought him, yeah. right? So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what she said to him when she met him. I don't think Because, she... yeah, when we watched that, we didn't know that she was looking for the Hearts of Light. Yeah, I don't think she noticed, but I just think, um, I think she missed an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess what I would say is, presumably, we have to assume that anything that she knows about the Seven Hearts of Light must have been from Xehanort, because she shouldn't know that other worlds exist. Oh, so she can't sense that on her own. Okay. I, I guess so. So probably what happened from her perspective is Xehanort showed up, and I don't know if we ever actually get this answered specifically, but she must have met Xehanort. He told her about other worlds and about the Hearts of Light. She said, well, I think I can guess who one of those hearts is, the Princess Aurora. If they're the Princesses of Heart... Probably Aurora is one of them. I'll get that heart out of her real quick, and it'll be great. And then I'll, I don't know, build a gummy ship. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, whatever she does. Okay, I just think Ventus should have been a princess of heart. Um, Yeah, for sure, definitely. Makes at least as much sense as Alice in Wonderland. (laughs) Kingdom Hearts 1 would have been very different if it had been six Disney princesses and then Ventus. And one little boy. (laughs) One little boy that we've never met. A little anime boy. (laughs) Uh, Did you get any footage of Terra fighting the boss? Yeah, it's a big spinning Jenny or whatever you call that. Yeah, it's a big old spinning wheel. Yeah. You know, we we talked very briefly once about the Heartless taking thematically relevant forms to the worlds that they're from. I don't know what the Unversed are up to. I think that Aurora does a bunch of spinning, and in fact, I think she's put to sleep by getting pricked by an evil spinning wheel, right? Oh, yeah, that is that is what happens. That's Maleficent's, like, curse on her, is that the spinning wheel will kill her. Um, I I don't know what Vanitas is up to, where the, the dark emotions are, like, pouring off of him, and one of them's like, oh, you know, it would be really twisted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, you're right. I don't know what, but it it's a, fu- it's, you know what, it's a unique boss fight. It is. That. I think there's no lore to it, but it is funny. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he beats it, and he goes back to Aurora and says, when I'm strong enough to stand up to the darkness, I will get your light back, I promise. Uh, and he, he leaves wondering to himself what Xehanort is planning, and if the princess's hearts will hold the answer. I don't think so. Nope. Nope. Uh, but now it's time for one of my favorite things in all of Birth by Sleep, is when he goes to the Drought Woodlands, and again... He's just going on a tour, meeting all the villains. He appears in the Evil Queen's throne room where she's talking to the mirror. Yeah, she's she's doing the bit where she learns that she wants to kill Snow White, and he's just hiding around the corner. He says, a mirror that knows and sees everything. How about that? <laughs> it's, a, it's such a good impression. I'm just blown away every time. Um... <laughs> and then the mirror says... Uh, it's The mirror does the thing, fairest one of all, blah, 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 kill Snow White. Uh, and then it mentions that there is a heart of light. 
And Terra says, ah, maybe Xehanort came here. Uh, and he just, like, steps out of the shadows and says, hey, have you met a guy named Xehanort? And the queen says, no. Hey, while you're here, do you want to kill Snow White and put her heart in this box? Do you want to put a girl's heart in a box? You look like somebody that could put a heart in a box. And he says, oh, are you after the Hearts of Light too?" And the queen says, no, I literally just want Snow White dead. So go find her. She's probably picking flowers in the field. Uh, here's the box. And Tara just takes the box and leaves. I love and- this shit because Tara thinks that she like knows about Kingdom Hearts stuff. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, she wants me to unlock a heart with a key and put it in this box. It's like, no, she wants you to carve a heart out of a chest and put yeah. it in this box. But he doesn't actually know that. I just, anyway, it's a very funny miscommunication to me. Yeah. And I mean, do, do, do you think anyone has ever watched this and been like, oh, no, he's going to kill her? I don't know. I mean, I definitely was like, why is he just taking the box? I, I guess... It turns out he just doesn't plan to do that, but I was like, is Tara just, like, gone full sicko mode already? <laughs> well, in for a penny, in for a pound. Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe... I I wish that we... I think the one thing that this scene needed, because it is it is already very funny, but I wish that he had just, like, walked out of the room and just, like, hucked the box aside. <laughs> that would have been better. Uh, but he does he does worry, though. He's like, I have no intention of killing this girl, but... I had no intention of taking Aurora's heart either, so I don't know. What if I do? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> Maybe I'll find Xehanort. I guess I'll find Xehanort. But no, he's like, I won't let that happen again. He finds Snow White picking flowers. And he, uh, you know, I would say one of the most normal ways to approach a child, because I believe that she's like 12, and he's like 20 or something. And he walks up behind her while she's picking flowers and she turns around and she says, oh, hello. And he says, aren't you startled? Yeah, what a fucking creepy thing to say, my dude. Aren't you scared of me? Aren't you scared of me? I, you should be. She literally says, should I be? And he's like, no. <laughs> oh, great. Then why say it? I also love that uh, Tara sees one girl and goes, oh, that must be the girl. <laughs> well, there's no other characters in this game. Yeah, it's just her and a bunch of dwar- dwarves. Yeah, there's no one else that it could be. Uh, he says, hey, have you met Xehanort? She says, no. Uh, and then the Unversed appear, and Terra pulls out his Keyblade to fight them, and she screams and runs into the forest. He tries to warn her not to run off alone, but it's he's too late. She runs off alone, uh, and he has to fight the Unversed. This, of course, is what she told Ventus. There was a, a scary man who summoned a bunch of monsters and a key-shaped sword, so she just she really misread this situation. She really misread the situation. She thought that he was like, hey, have you seen Xehanort? She's like, oh, I don't know anyone by that name. And he's like, how about now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. I, cause I couldn't remember what she said to Ventus, but I was like, she didn't, yeah, she did not understand what was going on, which is fair. Yeah. Because Tara was a weirdo the whole time. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't start off very well with, Are, aren't you startled? <laughs> uh. He he loses track of her, as we know, because by the time Ventus finds her, she hasn't seen him again. Uh, so he just decides to go back, and uh, I don't know why he thinks that this is going to work, but he's like, well, I didn't do what the queen wanted. I'll just go ask her mirror about Sandort. H- head empty, this, this boy. Also, he doesn't even bother to look for Snow White. I think he, like, stands on the edge of the forest and is like, damn, she's gone. Oh, well. 
Well, I don't even know why he was trying to find her in the first place. I mean, I, I guess he wanted to know if she saw Zane or she didn't. She said no, so he's done now. Yeah, I guess you know what my my problem is that I'm thinking. Well, he's a Keyblade wielding hero who fights darkness. He should want to protect an unarmed child from the monsters. Oh, she's probably fine. But yeah, he's like, eh, well, not my problem anyway. She's fine. Ventus will make sure she doesn't get hit too many times. That's so, right. So that, that her meter doesn't go all the way down. Ventus will make sure that the trees can only strangle her for a maximum of 10 seconds. <laughs> like, at a time. Tops. Before, But then he'll do a reaction command and it'll be fine. Right. Uh, problem solved. <laughs> uh, yeah, he just heads back to the, to the, uh, the castle. I do like when the queen uh, calls him a blundering fool. Accurate. And he, yeah, she's just like, you came back with that Snow White's heart. And he basically is just like, yeah, I was never going to do that. <laughs> you jealous shithead. Well, good on him for that, at least. Oh, my God, though. Fuck, this world... Tara's, Tara's side of this world is so funny. Because the queen then goes, magic mirror on the wall. Consume this fool once and for all. And the mirror's just like, I am a mirror. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Minoa's like... The mirror can do that? I don't think so. Then he's like, yeah, no, what are you What are you talking about, lady? Why did you think I could do that? I'm a little confused about what happens next. I will admit. Well, don't be. Okay. Problem solved. You are no longer confused. Okay, are you going to explain it? Huh? No, there's no explanation. Okay. She smashes a green potion on it. On the mirror, and the mirror goes, <laughs> Okay, now I can do it! <laughs> And then you have like a weird boss fight that ends up looking like it was maybe in Terra's head? Question mark. No, he does get sucked into the mirror, and he has to fight the spirit of the mirror. Okay. I do like the shot when she smashes the green potion onto the mirror, and she's just like standing there with her arms crossed, looking very, very smug. As the mirror is like, I feel like eating Terra now. <laughs> it seems like a cool boss fight, though. To be fair. Um... Uh, yeah, it's all right. I What I like about it, because the mirror is doing the video game thing where it's like, because if anyone doesn't remember the mirror off the top of their head, it's the mirror. But when we say the mirror, it's the, the spirit of the mirror, which is like a creepy sort of floating mask. It's like a almost like a theater of like drama mask thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. kind of. But what it's doing throughout the fight is it's doing the video game thing where it makes like a hundred bazillion copies of itself and you have to find the one that looks different and that's the one that you attack. Um, but what I like about it is that the mirror normally has like this very grim frown on its face. So the way that you tell the one that is attackable is that it has like a weird doofy smile. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice that. Cause I watched the He's fight. smiling. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> okay it's part of, it's, a, it's a side effect of the potions it makes the real mirror really happy <laughs> yeah it's not it's not that it gave him special powers it's that it was sort of the 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 deal like you eat him i'll give you green potion yeah i always kind of forget that the queen in snow white has powers of some kind um yeah it's it's weird because you know, I haven't seen Snow White in a long time. I don't intend to watch it like I watched Sleeping Beauty, because frankly, every time I see anything from Snow White, it creeps me the hell out. It's just pretty <laughs> that, boring. 
It's probably pretty boring, but like the 1940s rotoscoping is just, it, it's just really weird looking to me. I know it was like groundbreaking at the time, but it just looks really, I don't know. I, I'm not into it, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, when you're exploring her castle in this world, there's a lot of like potion themed stuff. Like obviously we know that she has the the poison that she poisons the apple with. So I'm assuming that this is a thing in the movie, but yeah, there's like there's like potions that change color and if you hit them when they're red they explode. If you hit them when they're green they heal you. There's like big alchemical stations that you can like hit to make wind come out of them so you can get like a jumping boost and stuff. I don't remember her being like like a full-on alchemist. Yeah, there's not a lot about her other than she can turn herself into a crone and make really good poison. So Yeah, but I guess her ability to make really good poison also means that she can turn the mirror into a portal into the mirror. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Uh but she does, and he fights it and he wins, and he pops back out and she's like, What? And he's he says, uh, can you ask her where Xehanort is? And she's basically just like, hmm, fine. <laughs> uh, and it, he says something like, he is beyond where light and darkness dwell, where war was waged upon the fells. So he's in the Keyblade uh, graveyard. Yeah. Well, this is a weird thing and pretty contentious for no reason, because canonically the keyblade graveyard is in the realm of light and the fact that the mirror says this has confused people a lot (laughs) i don't think it matters if it's in the realm between but he certainly implied that it is uh fells fells is like hills or something is that right i don't know probably is a keyblade graveyard uh and then i hate this this doesn't matter at all but i'm gonna complain about it anyway because tara when he leaves this world he gets the treasure trove keyblade which is Everyone besides their starting Keyblade and their, like, endgame Keyblade, they all just get the same Keyblades from each world. And he gets the fucking, like, Drowth Mines-themed Keyblade. He doesn't even go there. Why? Stupid. Bad game. Yeah, he should get one that's the mirror's face on the end. God, that would be good. That'd be good. Ooh, it would be like the teeth are like shards of broken glass. Yeah, it could be... And it'd be called, like, Seven Years of Bad Luck or something. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that would rule. That'd be good. Come on, guys. Come on. Maybe if they if they tried to put one additional keyblade on the PSP, it would have caught on fire. Yeah. They they oh. lost they lost so many testers when they had that keyblade left in. <laughs> That's why they cut pleakly from deep space. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh I put Xehanort Report 5 here because there's not really any better place for it. It's not it's you get it from the arena, so it has no plot relevance to anything. What did you think of Xehanort Report 5? I think that I didn't I forgot to read it. So oh, okay. <laughs> give me a second. Oh no, I looked at this. Never mind. I just think it's inconsequential, I think. Mostly. It's very inconsequential. No, I did Maybe read this. Maybe it's because I did early in our podcast, I did just do like a rundown of stuff like this. Yeah, that's probably it. But he basically explains about like the lane, the lanes between the cor- quarters the, of darkness. Quarters of darkness. Um, yeah, I don't think there's really much to take away from it, other than he has kind of figured out how to go through the quarters of darkness, and he doesn't think anybody else does know how to do that. He specifically says, "I'm told none who set foot in the realm of darkness have ever returned." 
I that might be important at some point. I don't know. Probably not. But the only other thing I I wrote about this is that he he mentions few Keyblade wielders remain now. I have heard of but a handful of others outside my circle, but the world is vast and more of our kind may be out there. I'm assuming that when he says handful of others outside my circle, he probably means like Mickey and Yen Sid. Although I think he personally knows Yen Sid, so maybe he literally just means Mickey Mouse. Could be, yeah. More of our kind may be out there. That could just refer to like Riku and Sora in the future. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, I would assume he maybe there's he's thinking there's other people that made it through the Keyblade War or something somewhere further away. They, yes, yeah. and I, I would love that. I think that would be cool if we found, like, other Keyblade wielders who have just been doing their thing far, far away from us. Yeah. Basically, I'm... Cal Kestis from uh, Star Wars Fallen Order or whatever. <laughs> or uh, uh, Force Unleashed, man. <laughs> or any of the other... <laughs> Jedi who survived the thing. No Jedi survived, but like, well, like 20. There were like 20 of them. (laughs) Only like 20 of them, and some of them did go on adventures for a long time together, and then they died at a ripe old age. But Luke, it's gotta be you, bud. It's gotta gotta be be you. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Saying at Report 5, not the best. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Tariff, next he goes to Cinderella's world, the Castle of Dreams... This first scene is really weird to me because he finds Cinderella crying in her ruined dress. Ventus has already come and left. Uh, and he warns Cinderella, like, darkness finds its way into a wounded heart. You have to be strong, etc. But what's really weird to me about this scene, and I don't remember if any of this was in the in the video or if it was in another video that I watched uh because I'll be honest, the ones that I sent you, I did stop watching them because the person who made them put like the audio mostly in my left ear and it's driving me crazy. <laughs> I didn't notice that. So I did I did just find another one, which I can send to you if you want. But anyway. <laughs> uh, so this this is a weird moment because it almost never does this in Kingdom Hearts. The music, the, like, sad, dramatic music playing over the cutscene of Cinderella crying continues into the combat when he fights some unversed that appear. I guess if, I, I guess I did see that. I didn't, I didn't notice it as much, though. It, that's, like, the kind of thing that feels, like, really climactic to me, but it's just Tara standing next to a bench fighting some, like, rabbit unversed. <laughs> I was grateful for it because it meant that we had like more than one song in uh, World of World of Dreams or whatever it's called. Well, yeah, because the the song that plays over the scene of Cinderella crying, it's called Tears of the Light. Uh, it only appears one other time in this entire game, which is after Vanitas tells Ventus that Terra is leaving and that their friendship is going to fall apart. Ventus has a little montage of memories with Terra. And this song plays. And then the only other time that it plays is over Cinderella crying about her dress. And then the fairy godmother appears and the shitty bibbity bobbity boo midi starts looping again. Yeah, I got really mad when she couldn't remember what her magic words were. I'm like, it's the only song that plays here. <laughs> I wish I could forget bibbity bobbity boo. <laughs> Dear God. Uh, but yeah, what does she say? She's like... She's like, ah, dear boy, there's more that you need beyond just strength of heart. Yeah, 
this part was weird because I, I was like, what is Tara learning exactly? And I, I don't really know. I, it felt like they were that this was supposed to be a much bigger point than it ended up being. The only thing I could think is that Tara seemed to think that like Cinderella was sad, so she therefore had like darkness in her heart because that's why the end verse showed up or whatever. But then it seemed like I mean that is what he says. He says darkness will always find its way into a wounded heart. You have to be strong. Yeah, and then the thing he learns is that you can be sad and and not let darkness in because Cinderella is actually fine, which is a. Value, valuable lesson for him, I suppose. Yeah, I think that's it. That's the only thing I can come away with. Um, it is funny, though, uh, seeing Tara's extremely narrow keyblade-wielding worldview come into contact with Cinderella, where Cinderella is sad that uh, her wicked stepmother and stepsisters destroyed her dress before she could go to the ball, and Tara is like, you should be careful. If you keep crying, you might summon a big monster shaped like a carriage and a pumpkin. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, you might turn purple. Careful. Yeah. It's, it's just a dress lady. I think it's cool, though. I think it, it, it does remind me of Riku's uh, story and the parallels that he has with Terra, which I call Terralels, and I've always called them that. Because it does feel like it's a lesson that Terra needs to learn, and it's very contrary to what Ericus has been telling him. It's like... You know, you can have negativity in you. It doesn't mean that you're a monster. <laughs> yeah, it's like the thing that drives anybody that uh, thinks about it at all crazy about the Jedi in Star Wars, which is like, you should be able to have some emotions and friends, right? Right, you should be able to get married and have babies. Yeah, seems like not getting to do those things might make you bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, the fairy godmother, you know, it's the movie, pumpkin, carriage, dress, etc. midnight, time limit, blah, blah, blah. And she leaves and Tara, this is where we get more into the, the sort of muddled, confusing theme of this world and how it relates to Tara, where he's like, I, her heart is pure light. I don't know how I missed that. And the fairy godmother says, well, there's a difference between you and her, it seems, which is that she has faith that her dreams can always come true. And she says, go watch Cinderella dance at the ball, and you will learn to believe in dreams as well. Yeah, this is, it's weird to me, because I was like, is is that been Tara's problem, that he doesn't think his dreams can come true? I mean, he says it in this scene. She says, do you believe that dreams can come true? And he says, yes, but I believe that you have to work toward them. And I guess the fairy godmother is saying, no, you don't. Yeah, because to me, I'm like... When he said that, I'm like, wow, Tara, that seems more mature than just thinking the dreams could come true. Um, <laughs> right. But I, I guess... I guess, you need, I guess it... to, you need Lord to have blind Christian faith, Tara. <laughs> I guess it makes sense that the fairy godmother would be like, no, sometimes dreams just come true. I'm the fairy godmother. I would know. I would know. Remember how when you were on the command board and I gave you a really good dice roll? <laughs> That's because you believed. You should have had faith. Not in God, but in me, the fairy godmother. <laughs> I'm God. Yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on God in Godmother. <laughs> Believe in me, the fairy god. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm i sorry. That's it's Yeah, it's fairy godmother. <laughs> in that order. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, he has to. He goes to the castle and finds Cinderella surrounded by unversed, and unfortunately, they have to have a horrible escort mission that 
uh, is one of the worst things in all of Kingdom Hearts, in my opinion. It looked like it might be kind of like the Snow White section. The worst part is that you there's a part you get to the end of this hallway and you go through a door and you're like, all right, I finished the escort section. But then you have to escort her up the stairs to the ballroom because famously she runs down the stairs and loses her slipper. So there has to be stairs. But when you go through the door, her health gets locked in at however much health she has when you go through the door. Oh, that's bad. Ah! <laughs> Why? Anyway, it sucks, but uh, we're just watching it, so it's fine. Uh, and then it gets really, really funny because this is a PSP game. Yes, they come into the giant ball, and everyone in the kingdom is there. All five people that are here. Oh my god. It's Cinderella, the Grand Duke, who I don't think his presence is ever really explained. It's just like, look, if you don't know him from the movie, whatever, it's fine. He's he's here, he's got a weird-shaped head. Welcome. Welcome. The, Prince Charming is here, stepmother, two stepsisters, six people, and then I guess Tara. Yeah, what's... Even funnier is, you know, it wouldn't look so weird if they had maybe scaled the ballroom down or something, but it's a massive oh God, room. It's huge. It's, it's huge. It's like St. Peter's Basilica in here. It's giant. I don't know why it's like this. You have a boss fight in here later, and the room still feels too big, even when you're fighting a giant unversed in it. It's not even like they made it big to fit the boss fight. Yeah. Like I said, my theory, everyone's asleep in every, in every world. <laughs> Flora really went hard with her spell. Yeah, I mean, you might you might see Terra in his like samurai pants with his big key sword walking into the into the royal ballroom and think, "Hey, why are they letting him in here?" But I mean, you know, you you take what you can get. No one else showed up. <laughs> yeah, everyone else. I love the idea that Cinderella's like, "I got to go to this ball. It's the coolest ball and everyone wants to go." And everyone else's kingdom's like, "This ball fucking sucks. I'm not going." <laughs> I'm going over to Ted's tonight. He's he's throwing a rager. And her stepmother, who I think Lady Tremaine, that sounds right. Uh, yeah. And the stepsisters, who probably have names, I think one of them is Grizz and the other is Dotcom. They watch her and Prince Charming dance, and they're just like, "Who is that?" And I'm like, "I mean, process of elimination." <laughs> well, it's not Prince Charming, and it's not the Grand Duke, and it's not any of the three of you. My assumption is that they have Sam disease, and she is wearing a tiara, and they do not recognize her. She is wearing her. a tiara. Yeah. Wait, was that Cinderella? Yeah, that was Cinderella. Oh, shit. Yeah. Her hair was different. Oh, yeah. Well. Uh, you know, this is so abridged, and I ha again, this is another one that I haven't seen since I was a kid. So I have no idea what relationship, if any, Cinderella and Prince Charming have before this. But the fact that she just, like, walks into this giant empty ballroom, and he's just like, hello, and starts dancing with her. I was like, is this like a, is this like an Aurora and Philip kind of situation? Is it like, oh, it's you. No, they don't know or each other. Or is this just pure, well, there's no one else I'm going to dance with. Those two are ugly as hell. No, that's it. Yeah. I mean, there's more people in the uh, in the movie version, but she's just the hottest lady at the ball. The stepsisters are like, don't you want to dance with us? And he's like, uh... He's like looking around the room, wishing that anyone else was here. I do think that literally happens in the movie, yeah. God. He's like, sorry, I can't hear you over the crowd. What did you say? Oh, I gotta go. Oh, bye, There's, I just saw a hot lady come in, thank God. <laughs> just empty fucking room. <laughs> oh, God, the thought of like... 
you know when you're in like a a big like a you know like a, a conference room or mm-hmm. maybe a, a church or a synagogue perhaps and it's empty and you talk and your voice echoes and you're just like ah shit and you're like I need to talk quieter that is this ballroom it's so like everyone is like trying to keep their voice down because they're so like embarrassed about how how much it's echoing yeah they're all and they're all really just embarrassed of the prince and how bad his party is going. <laughs> Uh, so then Tara watches Cinderella dancing with Prince Charming and he says, maybe just believing is enough. Uh, and he sees some unversed upstairs and he goes to fight them and he, he runs around and he runs upstairs and there's a conductor themed unversed boss, which I, I think this is a cool boss. Yeah. It seemed uh, fun. It, is there anything special about the way you beat it? It, it? I noticed that it just does different things with its different instruments and stuff like that. Yeah, each each instrument has a different effect, and you can, like, destroy the instruments first to, like, mm. weaken the general boss fight. Got it, got it. Okay. It's all right. All right. Um, Tara decides that the best thing to do is to leap off the upstairs balcony and fight the unversed in the ballroom where everyone is. I mean, I say everyone, all five of them. He's got plenty of room. <laughs> that's true i mean he literally could just be like you guys could just keep dancing i'm gonna deal with it near the wall yeah i'll be a football field away from you it's okay <laughs> uh but he he starts fighting it and we cut to the grand duke who again is still just an unnamed guy i had to look up who the fuck this guy is and he goes guards guards oh where could they possibly be you don't have any. Do you not remember? They're all gone. They're on a next-gen console. <laughs> with with all the guests. Yeah. <laughs> They're just waiting for we, you to be on an actual console. We got invited to a different ball on the PS4. <laughs> <laughs> One that can actually render us. Just, I, I can't remember it's after... I think it's after the fight that the Grand Duke says, Oh, the guests were just starting to enjoy themselves. All four of them. That one old lady smiled at me. (laughs) But then Tara is like, hey, it's not all bad. And he points to Cinderella and Prince Charming, like, talking in the corner. And the Grand Duke is like, Yahoo! Yeah, I guess this is... Is the ball explicitly for him to find a wife? I don't... I guess that's a thing I remember. That sounds probably true. Okay. I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't seen it in a long time. Who cares? Uh... Tara uh, asks the Duke about the unversed, like, when did they show up? The Duke says, well, there was a boy in a mask who was ordering them around, but he's long gone. And Tara says, a boy in a mask. I should find out who that is. Uh, He, of course, has not met Vanitas at this point. Uh, Clock strike midnight. Cinderella runs, leaves a slipper. You know how it goes. Mm -hmm. Cinderella, etc. Um and Tara watches her run outside and notices that Aqua is also just standing there watching. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, was Aqua here the whole time? When did Aqua get here? I think that, I don't remember for sure, but I think that when we get to Aqua, this is basically her arriving here. I don't think she's seen anything before this. Got it. Um, but they they meet up briefly and she tells him that Ventus ran after him and, and that she's trying to find him. Tara... I would say rightfully so. It's like, oh shit, I that's kind of my fault. I kind of blew it because Ventus was trying to say something to me and I was just like, no, and I just left. Yeah, he could have just stopped for a second and talked to the little guy. 
Literally, Ventus is like, Terra, wait! And Terra's like, it's fine. And then he just left. Yeah, especially because Terra had no reason to hurry. He wasn't really chasing anybody. He could have just waited a sec. Yeah, so a lot of this is Terra's fault for being rude. Um, Aqua asks if he's found Xehanort. Uh, He says no, but I think Xehanort is looking for hearts of pure light. She says, I'll stay and ask around. He tells her to talk to the prince. I don't know why he thinks the prince will have anything to contribute to that. I don't know why he thinks Aqua should do anything else here, because it feels like he's tapped tapped out here at this point. Yeah, I guess I guess he's saying, well, the prince is going to want to find her, and I know that she has a heart of pure light, so talk to the prince and he'll help you find the heart of pure light. Okay. I'm leaving. All right, that's fair. I don't know why he's leaving either, but yeah. <laughs> because uh, it's his turn, I guess, yeah. to leave. Yeah, right. He has to go to somewhere else he has to meet stitch or whatever happens next um but this is where he says my my one of my favorite terror lines of all time there's this girl here her name is cinderella she made me realize how powerful it is just to believe oh okay cool cool man well see you later (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then he leaves and he says i should go talk to yen sid uh that's that's it yeah it's Um, a short one it was a short one. I mean, wasn't that great, but I think these games tend to start kind of slow. Yeah, I I think uh, in retrospect, I probably should have tacked on uh, the mysterious tower to this one, but oh well, too late. Yeah, I think it's all good, and I think you know when I, I think we're also suffering from the fact that you're you're starting the same game over again, and so yes, the, and this is. They have to That's convi- exactly what I was afraid of, is once we have cutscenes that we've already talked about, we're going to have basically nothing to say about them. Well, and even when... Um, what we've had here, too, is even though there have been entirely new things here, but they're still talking about the same stuff that Ventus did, because you are still learning a lot of the same things, and so it just isn't that interesting the second time around, even though, if it's, even though it's with different characters. Yeah, also... I was looking through Terra's uh, Xehanort reports. Yeah. He finds four of them. I think Ventus gets the most with five, and then Aqua also has four. But one of Terra's is the basically irrelevant one in the arena. We're going to have an episode where we will have no reports to read, which I don't know if that's ever happened before. <laughs> it hasn't. Weird. Weird. Terra, where's your lore, bro? Yeah. I. You know, the only lore I guess we're getting through Terra that we didn't before is that Xehanort might be interested in the Princesses of Heart? Maybe. I don't even know if we have any evidence to believe that, other than he told... I mean, Maleficent said it. Yeah, he told Maleficent about it, but... I guess reading between the lines, she wouldn't know... He... The only reason that she knows about the Princesses of Heart is because he is interested in them. Yeah, and that is interesting. It's like, did Xehanort set her down this path on purpose? Does he just want her to do that, or does he actually care about it himself? Um, That is a great question, and something that we will have to keep in mind in the future. I think that, I think that from what I understand of Xehanort, this man is playing five games of ten-dimensional chess at all times, and I'm pretty sure that he is currently planting seeds for the plot of Kingdom Hearts 1 that he is not personally present for. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not even there, but I... He knows his Heartless is going to be there? He knows that his Heartless is going to be there and that his Heartless is going to be in contact with Maleficent? Maybe. 
Because that's basically the plot of Kingdom Hearts 1 is Maleficent gathers up all the princesses of heart. And then at the very end, Ansem's Heartless steps in and says, I'll be taking that. Right. Yeah. And then he also kills her. Kinda. Not not permanently. Kind of. <laughs> well, shit. I mean, I'm going to have to figure out maybe because I've got I've got everything planned out for our next three episodes of Terra. Now I'm wondering if I might want to just cut episode two in half and have it be two episodes. OK, yeah. Whatever. The way that I said that was made it sound like the opposite. But I mean, <laughs> divvy up episode three into episodes two. Holy shit. I don't need to explain this. Why am I doing this? <laughs> It's it's all good. Our 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 fans love it. <laughs> a little insight into my twisted mind. Yeah. This is Wish Us Duck. This is Wish Us Duck. This is the segment where we try to sound like Donald Duck, who doesn't exist in this game. Uh, he does. He's he's forgetting about how he spent all that time with the Sid as we watch. Yeah, I wonder if Tara will ever meet them. I mean, I guess he's going to the mysterious tower, so probably. Maybe we'll see Donald and Goofy next time. Oh, I hope so. Uh, we should, we should say Donald's famous catchphrase. Which one? Uh, Donald's famous catchphrase, uh, Suffer. magic mirror on the wall, consume this fool once and for all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I going to say suffering succotash. <laughs> That's goofy. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I, I can go first, I guess. All right. <laughs> I got weird. <laughs> got weird in the middle. All right, here, I'm just going to uh, smash a green potion against my face and see what happens. Okay. Pretty good. Pretty good. The potion did its dark work. <laughs> Please don't suck me inside of you to do a weird fight. <laughs> Uh, that I cannot do. I have no power. Save answers true. It doesn't seem to hurt the mirror either. It's a weird, it's just a weird segment. No, I mean, he's completely fine afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> or did you mean literally her smashing something open onto the surface no, of the mirror the fact itself? That Tara beats the shit out of him with a keyblade for a long time. And he's just like, okay, I guess you can. It's an incredibly resilient mirror and spirit inside of mirror. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they couldn't think of a different fight to have. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. It's interesting. It's also just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Next time, we are going to talk about the mysterious tower. I think we're going to get some Badlands. And then he's going to Radiant Garden. Oh. And you know what? I'm now thinking about how much of that is stuff that we've already seen. I was already going to have us go to Disney Town after that, but maybe I'll also have us go to Olympus Coliseum and Deep Space. <laughs> Yeah, I guess we'll see how long that takes. Yeah. Yeah, that feels like a lot, but also <laughs> I thought that this episode would have more meat on the bones. Yeah, we won't have the whole intro section that's the same this next time, so yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the main thing that happens in Radiant Garden is Terra talks to the other two and then talks to Ventus. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's not a lot there, maybe. I just remembered what happens to Terra in Radiant Garden. I take it back. I'm lying. I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah? Okay, cool. Next week's going to be good. Next week's going to be a good episode. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about how um, 
he invented his story at the end. They're like, Tara, you've done so much bad shit. And like, so far, Tara's done one admittedly very bad thing, but that's about it. So I got to assume. Well, here's, huh? here's what I'll say to get everyone hype. Uh, just something to consider. Uh, at the end of Ventus's story, uh, there was a guy named Bragg who said, I keep forgetting not to mess with Keyblade wielders. And uh, Ventus and Aqua both were like, who the fuck are you? Uh, Which yeah. means he must have messed with a different Keyblade wielder at some point. Nice. Mm. Well, that'll be fun. Bring Bring some popsicles for him. Well, yeah, I always have it in the bowl of my desk, so I'm ready to go. <laughs> God, imagining a scene where where instead of leave the popsicle with me, if he had said leave the sea salt ice cream with me. Isn't popsicle a fucking trademark? It's a brand. I don't think it is. I think Isn't it? I don't well, I don't know. I think it's just a, a generic term for frozen juices. I remember the commercials though. They would say if it's popsicle, it's possible. Really? popsicle internet help me oh you're right it is a brand popsicle brand because it would be an ice pop ice pop is the generic term the original brand popsicle hmm 101 years jesus christ yeah kingdom hearts just like licenses popsicle for like a million (laughs) dollars per game disney owns the rights to popsicles they could they very well might (laughs) (laughs) if he's like why don't you leave the dull whip with me Hold on. Um, <clears throat> uh, the very first popsicle was created way back in 1905 by 11 year old named Frank Epperson. That's right, popsicles invented by a kid. After a long day of play, Frank went oh, inside, <laughs> left his cup of soda with a stirring stick in it out on the porch. The night got very cold, and Frank went outside. The next morning, he found his drink frozen like an icicle. Whoa! So it's, what are you it, reading? The popsicle website. I'm oh, that's their. Yeah, that's their words. It's called. Pop- I actually do remember. I do remember learning that as a kid. Uh, a detail of that that has always mystified me is his soda with a stirring stick. Yeah, well, his soda was thick back then. You see, because of all the cocaine layered in it. <laughs> it's a sludge. <laughs> it's not like oh, it was his soda with a straw. No, it was a stirring stick. I guess I gotta assume that your soda had a lot of sediment in it back then. Ugh. Whatever was in there, it can't have been good. And it's not good now, either, for that matter. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, well, that's that's our segment on popsicles. <laughs> I'll tune in next week for Popsicle uh, Minute. I'll, I'll bring it back. We'll learn even more about popsicles <laughs> next time. That's right. Next week we'll be talking about fudgesicles. I don't know why I did break voice for this. Leave the fudgesicle with me. <laughs> uh, that's it. We're on co-host at Sounds About Light, Twitter at Sounds About Light. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. I'm on co-host at Achilles Healy's. Uh, what am I doing? What are we doing? We did our our Doctor Who episode on Let's Kill Hitler, which was a wild episode, and they also forgot to kill Hitler. Uh, surprising nobody. What a, and, uh, what a way to squander be... your one chance to do a Hitler episode. <laughs> next week, we're going to be watching a uh, Jodie Whittaker episode. Uh, I believe it's Demons of the Punjab, which uh, I've heard is good. All right. And we'll see if uh, this episode teaches me more about Indian history than my American public school education ever bothered to. I learned almost nothing about it in school. 
we yeah i i opened up my textbook one day and it said gandhi was there and then i turned the page and it was like anyway back to america winning wars and kicking ass gandhi martin luther king and some and then a bunch of cool war vietnam where we won by the way god i know i learned that we won that too i learned that we won learned that we've never lost that's i don't think there was a day where they're like and then we won in vietnam i think that it's like here's what happened in vietnam never mind how it ended anyway isn't it great being in america where we always win where it's good to fight war we all agree and it's good that we always win manifest destiny was a cool thing where we went across (laughs) we went across and that's it the end (laughs) what will history have in store tomorrow maybe you'll be in it Maybe, but first you need to buy this textbook for $500. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Uh, any any F-pluses on the horizon? Uh, yeah, I recorded something extremely horrifying, and oh, no. and um, <laughs> I don't know, it'll come out at some point, so keep an eye out, or an ear out. Oh, boy. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm, I'm still making my way through the bubblegum fetish episode. And I'm, hey, speaking of learning about popsicles, I'm learning a lot about the history of gum. Hey, guess what? The thing I recorded is way worse than that episode. I It wouldn't be hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're on noisespace.xyz, where you can listen to podcasts like Camarocho Radio, uh, Wow Cool Robot, Pot of Greed, Fear Baiting. You can learn about media. There's a lot of shows, video games, anime. What more do you need? It's got it all. Education? Fuck that. (laughs) I'm American. Education to me. (laughs) Uh, But until until next week, uh, make sure to leave your popsicles with us. uh, Believe in dreams and Keyblade. 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 Bye. Bye. It's going to be great when those characters finally meet and they can say Keyblade at each other. They, they point at each other like Spider-Man and say Keyblade. <laughs> that is how Xehanort pointed at Ventus. That's true. That's all that scene needed is Keyblade. Keyblade. And in Kingdom Hearts 4, Spider-Man will be there to say Keyblade. <laughs> oh, God. Bye. Bye. <laughs> There is a young maid who resides in this castle. Her name is Snow White. Kill her. And to make sure you do not fail, bring back her heart in this. Her heart? I don't understand. You're after the Hearts of Light too. What I demand is her life. I've had more than enough of her light.